Hey, welcome to the Inquirer's uh, Eagles podcast, the Bird's Eye View podcast. Uh, I'm Les Bowen, and I'm here with Paul Domowitz. Hey. Hi, <laughs> Hi guys. And E.J. Smith. E. How's it going? <laughs> Jeff McLean is sitting this one out. Uh, he's probably reviewing some film or something, but uh, he's on assignment in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk today about the Eagles game Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys, their most uh, familiar rival to, uh, to many fans, the most hated rival, uh, that, that kind of stuff is, uh, for most players, it, it's far less significant than the fans. I think all the, uh, divisional games are pretty much the same to the players who grow up in different parts of the country and really, you know, are surprised, I think, to learn of the vitriol that uh, Eagles fans have for the Cowboys. But uh, that is where we're headed, and it's uh, an opportune time, it would seem, to be playing the Cowboys, who are 2-5, and five, but uh, since winning the two, have lost their quarterback, Dak Prescott, to a season-ending, probably, ankle injury. And then uh, last week, they got their... Uh, in losing badly to Washington, they got their backup quarterback, the venerable Andy Dalton, uh, concussed on a really dirty hit. And uh, they're looking at probably playing this game with a rookie named Ben DiNucci from uh, James Madison University, a seventh-round draft pick. And uh, that's really not a, a favorable scenario for a team that has, much like the Eagles, been decimated by injuries to its offensive line. And to a defense that, and by a defense that uh, has fallen horribly short of expectations, and has jettisoned a whole bunch of free agents that it signed over the the off season. So let's dive into that. Uh, first of all, guys, what do you think about Danucci? Uh, is there any way he can pull this together and uh, make the the Dallas team look uh, presentable Sunday night? EJ. Um, from what I've read about Danucci, I'll be honest, I, I haven't watched a ton of um, James Madison tape. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jim Schwartz has been crunching it, but I haven't. Uh, that wasn't on my, um, my list of tape to review this week. Um, but from what I've read about Danucci, he, he's a, a decent athlete. And, um, you know, when he had a clean pocket in college, he made plays. But apparently the knock on him coming in was that he wasn't great from, you know, a chaotic uh, from, you know, from a lot of pass rush. And um, that's uh, unfortunate news for the Cowboys because I think that's what he's going to be in for on uh, on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I mean, you never know with the Eagles, especially this season, you, and you never know in a division game. But, I mean, the, the outlook for me is that this guy is going to have a really rough time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, their offensive line is, is, is in as bad a shape as the Eagles. They're getting Zach. Martin back this week, their right guard. They're all pro right guard, but, you know, they're missing both of their tackles. They're missing their center. Um, you know, I mean, I, I Brandon Graham is just going to have a party out there against their right tackle, uh, an undrafted uh, rookie. So, I mean, that kid's going to be under pressure a good deal of the game. And, I mean, if, if the circumstances were ever ripe for a multiple, multiple interception game by the Eagles, which only happens, like, when there are lunar eclipses, uh, yeah. it, it would be Sunday night. Yeah, I, the one uh, problem that could possibly arise is that the, 
Dallas has excellent receivers. Yeah. And the way the Eagles cover, which is, uh, you know, not uh, along the lines of the very best teams in the league, if Danucci can evade the rush a little bit and just throw the ball out there, I think these guys can, can actually catch some passes and, and make it a little bit interesting. But one thing I didn't realize until I started looking this stuff up, uh, you know, I knew he came in when Dalton went out and blah, blah, blah. Didn't you only threw three passes last yeah, yeah. week? And so that this is really going to be all new to him. And, uh, you know, you'd think that Jim Schwartz would be able to confuse him with looks and things like that, make him think he's looking at man coverage and, oh, it's his own, there's an interception. Uh, but I guess it doesn't have to happen like that. I mean, we've seen all kinds of things here. We saw that uh, – what was that Vikings guy's name? Webb, uh, the quarterback, Joe Webb, yeah. <laughs> you know, on a Tuesday night uh, in 2010. So, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this is a matchup that heavily favors the Eagles when it comes to the quarterback. And uh, Domo what, and DJ, what do you think has happened with the Dallas running game? I know the offensive line is banged up, but Zeke Elliott uh, just looks nothing like the player he was a couple years ago. He's fumbling, uh, you know, that fumbling doesn't have a whole lot to do with your offensive line, I don't think. Uh, what in the world is going on there? Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I think the, the offensive line has, you know, is, is the, the the main reason he's struggling. And I think because he's struggling, I think he's trying to do too much. And that's resulted in some of the fumbles. Uh, yeah. But, okay. but his, uh, yeah, I mean, his production's just dropped. Uh, I mean, that's why this is such a difficult situation for him. If you had a third string quarterback in there and you could rely on your running game like they have been able to in the past with him, you know, you might be able to, to, to kind of fight your way out of this situation, but uh, you know, they can't, they can't rely. I mean, they're, they're horrible on first down running the ball. They're horrible pretty much on every down right now. I mean, he last two games, I believe uh, has averaged like 3.9 yards per carry in, in their two losses. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, they've got some problems. Yeah, I just think that it's emblematic of, you know, I've always – I actually usually would have argued, you know, the last couple of years that, you know, Ezekiel Elliott made Dak Prescott's life so much easier and, you know, you know, just basically argue that, you know, Dak had so much help because of Zeke and the offensive line. But now you're sort of seeing the inverse of that and you're seeing that, you know, how Elliott's affected by the, just the lack of passing – threat that Dalton or Danucci pose. Um, I think that's definitely part of it, but I definitely agree with you, Damo, that like, it's a little, it's definitely a lot of the offensive line, but I think also it's the pressing, um, you know, it's kind of just that, that trying to make something happen. Um, Cause you know, I, my first reaction was, well, he's had a lot of touches for like four straight years, but I mean, I don't know. The guy's 25, yeah. you know, I don't know if that's really, that's really it. And so. you know, as, as Les wrote the other day about uh, the situation with, you know, who's been, running the ball most successfully against the Eagles. Uh, you know, we may see C.D. Lamb run about 17 yeah. in the <laughs> yeah. rounds against them. So That's what I'd do if I were Dallas. I would, you know, and I can't – I what Jim Schwartz is a pretty smart guy, uh, and I just can't understand why he can't scheme this closed. You know, I, I don't – this happens every game to the Eagles. Yeah. And it's uh, – it's really, I guess your linebackers are your linebackers, but there has to be a way to, with Rodney McLeod or somebody to, to keep this misdirection, uh, wide receiver, uh, 
quarterback thing from killing you every week, and they just haven't found a way to do it. But on the Elliott question, it to me, this again underscores that you don't pay running backs. Yeah. You know, in today's NFL, and I know a lot of people bristle at that, but. A couple of years ago when they did that deal, if you were going to pay a running back, it would have been that guy. I mean, there was nobody else in his league, really. Um, but And it's not really a reflection on him so much as it is just the way that position just doesn't, uh, doesn't move the needle unless a lot of other things go right. Yeah. You know? And uh, the, I think the Eagles are going to – face a dilemma in that regard in a few years when it comes to Miles Sanders, yeah. frankly. I know that, you know, Miles Sanders, if he stays healthy, which has been a problem for him, is going to want, uh, you know, a lot of money. Eventually, he's going to be one of the the premier backs, uh, one would think. And, uh, you know, I don't see the Eagles spending money in that direction. But that's, that's something that can yeah. wait a while. But, you know, you guys may disagree with me on this, but I mean, I think one of the reasons they've been so adamant about, you know, we're going to we're going to run miles because he can he can carry it as many times as we need him to carry it is is because they don't view him as as being a guy who's going to be here beyond. Well, maybe maybe they try and get him re-signed for a second contract. But but I mean, they they agree with you that that uh, running backs are, you know, if you have a strong offensive line, you can get away with having just good running backs and not great ones. And uh, so they're not going to overpay for uh, miles when he comes up for uh, his second contract. I totally agree with that. I think that that if you're going to invest a second round pick in a guy, you should make sure you're getting your money's worth in those first first four years, because you, again, you don't, you don't know what they're going to be like at the end of it. And, um, and I, you know, if you look at a team like San Francisco, it doesn't matter who's at running back with them. They figure it out. So, yeah. Well, one thing with Miles is, you know, Deuce Staley keeps telling us that Miles is this workhorse back and he can do this. And I'm not sure what Deuce is looking at. I, you know, Miles Sanders is not built like Deuce was. And his track record through two seasons is not that he can right. just, you know, take all this punishment and, and keep going. So we'll see. We'll see yeah. on that. But anyway, getting back to this week's game. Um, one thing I notice uh, with the Cowboys stats, and this would be good news to Carson Wentz, you were talking about, Damo, about the Eagles' uh, problems coming up with interceptions. Dallas has one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Carson's going to have to really try to, uh, to extend his streak of being intercepted. Uh, you know, I, I was really put off by that interception Carson threw Thursday night in the second mm-hmm. quarter. To me, it almost overshadowed the comeback in the fourth quarter because I kind of thought my narrative has been that since the Bengals game, that he's been getting a little better each week. Mm-hmm. And even so, most of the interceptions that he's thrown have not been egregious. You know, they've been uh, little things. Uh, you know, sometimes the receiver wasn't right where he should be or something like that. Uh, but this interception was just a killer interception at an awful time. I thought the Eagles were dominating the game statistically. They weren't dominating on the scoreboard yet, but they were moving. And I think he almost, I think he kind of turned the game around, frankly, by throwing that pick. And, uh, you know, even though he came back in the fourth quarter and was tremendous, I am 
I don't see this as the way you you build a career, frankly. Uh, and I I don't I haven't gotten a good explanation for why you throw that pass at that time and, you know, what they're trying to do to keep that from happening. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, we talked earlier about how the offensive line has impacted uh, Zeke's running production with the Cowboys. I mean, I think with the Eagles, the, the offensive line is the root of, 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 of Carson's problems. He just has no trust in them right now. Um, and that's, you know, that's affecting his decision-making. It's affecting his mechanics. Um, so, you know, the good, the good news is they're going against a horrible defense. I mean, aside, aside from yeah. Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, their two linebackers, there was absolutely nothing to like about this defense the Cowboys are trotting out there. I mean, they traded away one of their best uh, pass rushers this week when they got rid of Everson Griffin. Uh, you know, you mentioned yeah. the one interception they have. Well, they, they've also given up 16 touchdown passes, which is the fourth most in the league. Right. So, yeah, you would, you know, now granted they're going to have to they're going to have to protect uh, Carson, but he should be able to have a pretty good day, a pretty good you know start to finish day against this defense <laughs> on Sunday. Well, let's talk about that protection a little bit. Interesting wrinkle there. I wrote about it today in the Inquirer. Um, so practice uh, commenced yesterday after a press conference with Doug Peterson in which Doug uh, sort of equivocated, I guess would be the best word, on what's going to happen with Jason Peters as he returns. And the short version seemed to be Jason Peters is the left tackle, but it's kind of because, at least in some part, because right now Lane Johnson isn't ready to practice uh, and Jordan Malata was the right tackle uh, with no Ben Drisk with no uh, uh, no Drisk Jack Driscoll over there. Um, so it, we're not sure if that's going to be the lineup for Sunday night. I think there's a good chance it will be. I don't think they're going to run Lane out there, regardless of what Doug said. You know, I think Lane probably needs another week to to get ready. Um, but this isn't going to be the long term setup for the Eagles. I don't think. You know, Lane is going to be back, and I'll be real interested to see what happens then with Jordan Mailata. What are you guys' thoughts? I think that this is, I mean, it's one of the most confounding things of the year, in my opinion. The idea that Jason Peters would move back to left tackle and displace Jordan Mailata. I mean, you're right. The way that they were talking about it, it sort of sounded like, well, you know, Jordan got great experience, and, you know, now we've got depth at that position. To me, I think that I've said this, I think I said this last week, I said that I think the Eagles really need to make sure that they don't, you know, miss. I I just don't, I think that they, they can't, they can't let the two and two, four and one record on top of the NFC East distract them from the fact that this is a team that needs to rebuild. You know, this is a team that needs to look at some of the young players that they have on the roster, like Jordan Mailata and figure out if those are guys that they can build around for next year um, and the years moving forward, you know, they're going to have to, get rid of some high-priced players. They're going to have to just get younger. Um, and frankly, Jordan Mailata has been playing better than Jason Peters was at the beginning of this year. So um, the idea that they would – I mean, the idea that after this week when everybody comes back healthy that Mailata would be the backup left tackle is concerning for people who, uh, you know, 
want to see the team make the right calls. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, you know, I mean, clearly Stout is behind. However, whatever, ha- whatever they trot out there on, on Sunday night uh, as their offensive line and, and where people are, are, uh, are, are situated, Stoutland is going to be responsible for it. I mean, he's the one making those decisions pretty much. Um, but, you know, clearly they feel this is a game that they can't afford to lose. Uh, and I don't know if, you know, red flags went up uh, after Jordan struggled uh, like he did last week. And they just feel that for one game, at least they, they, they want to, you know, they, they want Peters experience at left tackle. I, I have, uh, you know, the matchups, they move, you know, their, their edge rushers have been okay. Uh, they don't, they only have 13 sacks. We're not, so I don't think we're looking at right. anybody that's going to overpower uh, Malata if he, if he goes out there at left tackle. So I'm not quite sure what they see or saw that feels this would be the move yeah. to make. Uh, well, I think for this week, they might just be looking at the fact that they need a right tackle and, you know, they don't have a good, you know, Brett yeah. Toth or whatever isn't kind of solution, but, it doesn't – it's sure – from those things they said yesterday, I was kind of struck by Carson Wentz's uh, answer to my question. I expected him to b- completely laugh it off, you know, and he kind of did. But then he – I asked if uh, – who he would prefer, you know, Jason Peters or Jordan Mylotta. And he kind of laughed and said he doesn't get – you know, that's not his position to say or anything. But then he went on to extol Jason Peters and – he ended up by saying something like, uh, you know, when Jason's uh, uh, really ready to go, I'm sure he'll be back in there, yeah. something like <laughs> that. Like he was expecting, you know, Peters to be the left tackle and, and that – and maybe we're wrong. I mean, we, we've been very critical of Peters. We've seen these games. We've watched him struggle. But all that is – you know, his pro football focus grades are better than my lines <laughs> this season, you know, and uh, maybe there's – yeah, we're – we're kind of looking at Maialata through a very optimistic lens, I guess. And maybe there's more going on there than, you know, maybe we make allowances for Maialata that we don't make for Peter. We probably I do. I mean, if but, we, if, if we had watched, yeah. if that was Jason Peters, the left tackle last week against the giants and we saw him get beat by a, a fact roll right. and, and, and Devlin's uh, their, their, their tackle the way Jordan did, uh, you know, we'd be like, what? He needs to retire like tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a good point. So, I mean, I think we there 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 is a kind of a we're looking at this through two different lenses, but but you're also right. Yeah, plus there's the fact that I mean, okay, so Jason starts at left tackle. Who, who goes in in the second quarter? Because you know, the, <laughs> yeah, the faith in yeah. him being able to complete this game is not high. Right, and that's the sort of the cycle that the Eagles have been in the last few years, depending on these old guys and waiting for them to come back and getting all excited that you remember last year when Deshaun Jackson was going to come back after mm-hmm. not having the, the groin surgery and, and Doug Peterson was all, you know, we're going to have Deshaun, we're going to have Deshaun. And they had Deshaun for several yeah. plays, you know, uh, it's uh, you know, it, you don't want to see them get back into that kind of deal again, but, it is going to be really – I do think we'll probably see my lot at right tackle this week. Uh, but I really wonder after the bye what they're going to do. One of those guys needs to play guard, yeah. I think, because I, 
yeah, they have Nate Herbig on one side. They don't have another guard. You know, I mean, I don't think Matt Pryor is very good. Uh, I thought Sua Opeta was awful. Jamon Brown was awful. Uh, it would it'd be interesting to me. I don't know if you can plug Maialata in at guard and play him or if the experiment that they started last summer with Peters is worth uh, picking up again and having him play like guard. Driscoll. Since he's not going to – well, you you do yeah. you do get Driscoll back. That's right. Uh, you could play him at guard, I guess. People, some people think he's better suited at guard than he is at tackle. What do you guys? I think, think that they that? have him at tackle just because Lane Johnson is dealing with the ankle. Yeah. I think that if he if if Johnson yeah. was healthy, I think that you would have seen him at right guard before you saw just about anybody else. Yeah. Um, I think he's done okay at tackle. I don't think he's been awful, but. Um, no, I think that he definitely is better suited at guard. He just doesn't have super long arms. And we don't – you know, another thing, yeah. at some point here, you know, we, we have no idea when this is going to happen, but Sam Allah is going to come back, you would think, uh, yeah. which then solves a lot of their problems because then they just move Herbig over to right guard. And uh, Right. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. Somebody asked me about that yesterday, Damo, and you never hear I them know, talk about I know, which I, could, uh, I don't know what's going on. You know, this is yeah. the most opaque injury – administration we've ever dealt with with the eagles including chip kelly's uh at first it wasn't supposed to be that bad and then he was going to have surgery and we have not seen or heard you know a lot of times injured guys as they're recovering even if it's a long-term injury like andre dillard they'll be standing there at practice with their arm in a sling or on crutches or whatever watching i haven't seen hide nor hair of you know what I don't know what you know. You know what it reminds me of a little bit is you remember going back a few years to Chris Maragos, another guy who had a knee injury, didn't look like it was going to be serious. The next thing you know, he he never plays again. Practice. I don't know. I mean, it ended up being a a serious injury. They're you know they're obviously not going to. Well, we kind of knew within a few weeks. We kind of knew within a few weeks though that that was a multi-ligament you know, three ligament deal and that he was a 30 year old or 31 year old safety and that that was going to be a hard road to hoe with this. All we ever heard was that he had a medial collateral brain uh, tear. And if it had been a medial collateral tear, yeah. he'd be back by now. So I may, it must've been an ACL, but we haven't, we don't know that officially. Uh, mm. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a very good question. I think we should ask Doug that about, <laughs> You know what? What the hell? And he'll definitely level with us. This this <laughs> offensive line. We could spend the whole show talking about the Eagles' offensive line. It's a fascinating subject. Uh, it's been really the the key to the season, I think, yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, so it'll be it'll, this will be yet another configuration yeah. they throw out there uh, against the the Cowboys. It'll be the seventh and eighth games, and and obviously that has had an effect on their season. But this is the week that everybody should get well. Uh, EJ, as you wrote today, there's also a change in the uh, in the weapons available to Carson Wentz this week. Uh, yeah, it seems like Jalen Rager, um, you know, I don't know if he'll actually be able to play this week or after the bye, but he's definitely getting closer. Um, Jeff was at practice, and he said that he was out there catching passes, looked clean, didn't look like, you know, he was, you know, doing the Dallas Goddard thing where you only catch the passes with one hand. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I think that, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if Rager does come back this week. All of a sudden, you know, it's it's funny. It's like the inverse of the last few years. The Eagles have a respectable wide receiver core and an offensive line that has a lot of question marks. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that 
you know, and I wrote this, I think that the most interesting thing about when Rager comes back is they have a really complimentary group um, of wide receivers. You know, Fulgham is like a number one target, like a possession type receiver who runs routes well and, you know, finds soft spots in zones. You have Greg Ward, who's become a pretty consistent slot receiver. And then you have Rager, who's the guy who can take the top off of a defense, make explosive plays, um, you know, and then Dallas Goddard also returned to practice. Um, you know, when he comes back, is assuming Zach Ertz won't be back by that point, he'll probably be – he will definitely be your number one tight end. All of a sudden, the receiving targets that Wentz has are going to be as good as they've been in a, a while. You yeah. know, I think that um, the the fact that all those guys went down led to the emergence of Fulgham, you know, that might benefit them in the long term, yeah. you know, having that guy, you know, kind of what you thought J.J. would be, um, you know, so now all of a sudden – it's uh, it's not looking as bad as it was two weeks ago. And, you know, another thing I think we'll see when he comes back and then they suddenly have four uh, very good receivers is what we saw uh, a lot of, not a lot of, but against the Giants, they played a lot of four wide receiver sets. Yeah, I think seven or eight times they, they lined up in that with, uh, I think J.J. was the, was the fourth wide receiver. Um, yeah. Well, you get Jalen back, you can do that with him and High, Hightower and Ward and uh, – and Fulgham, so uh, you know how yeah. how much will they we see of that? Um, how much will we see them line up them and when Goddard gets back and go with no backs? Uh, you know, in some in some empty sets. So you know they got a lot of options once they once he gets back. Especially because in those empty sets, if you've got Rager in the slot, you know you still have the threat to run. You, know, yeah. you still have that jet sweep motion yeah. um, that you can use. So. Those are all very good points. One aspect of the weapons, though, that uh, we haven't addressed and uh, it could have an effect, uh, you know, Miles Sanders is not back um, at running back. Um, they haven't made any kind of move to add a back. And coming into this season, I was not a person who felt that was a huge deal. I thought they had three guys that could play. They didn't have a quote unquote power back, but I'm not sure that's really, you know, an important thing in today's NFL, but they've had problems in short yardage, mainly because of the offensive line, I think, but they don't have, they're trying to, until that uh, touchdown pass last Thursday, it was like they, they kind of see Boston Scott as an inside the tackles guy. And that's a waste of him. I think, I think, the exact kind of thing they did on that touchdown is exactly what they need to do with Boston Scott. Uh, he's really good in space. He's really good uh, as a pass receiver. And uh, Corey Clement, you know, I he's a, a spare part and not certainly not a power runner. Do you think they'll do anything at that position? We have the, the trade deadline coming up on Election Day. I think a lot of people <laughs> will probably be more concerned with the election than with the NFL trade deadline, but maybe not in this city. Uh, you know, what do you think happens at the trade deadline? Do you, do you think running back would be something they could add a piece? And I'm not talking about, you know, trying to acquire a premier back or anything like that, but just some help, a guy who's a little more of a between the tackles runner with a little experience. I guess it's possible. Uh, but I, I think what we're more likely to see is, is them use Huntley more in, in short yardage situations? I think they seem to like him a little bit. Using him on kick returns now uh, with, with Scott, uh, you know, a bigger part of the offense. I don't know whether he's the answer in short yardage situations, but uh, but you're right. I mean, they, they, are, they have not – you know, one of their problems the last couple of games has been not converting in short yardage. 
I'm surprised that we haven't seen anything of Elijah Holyfield or Mike Warren. I mean, I know that those guys are, yeah. you know, probably not huge difference makers, but I mean, again, I just like, <clears throat> I, 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 somebody asked me uh, in the newsletter last week if they would trade for Frank Gore. And I said, if this team trades a pick for a 37 year old <laughs> running back, I mean, come on, you know, like, yeah. again, it's what I, what I talked about earlier about how you, know, you should be seeing what you have in some guys and, I don't know. I thought Holyfield looked good in camp. You know, I thought that I didn't think it would be out of the realm of possibility that he would have made the 53 man roster coming out of camp. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just haven't heard anything from him. So yeah. I'd be interested to see, you know, if he, what, what they think of him and, you know, if he would ever be able to make an impact up on the 53. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I would, I felt the same way you did. I felt Holyfield had a good camp. It's unfortunate yeah. he didn't have any preseason games this year. Really gauge but uh yeah I, i'm surprised that we've gone seven games without uh even yeah. hearing his name mentioned uh huntley has a heck yeah. of a burst you know that's the thing you notice about him when he gets through the line clean man he he's yeah. 10 yards down the field uh in a blink What's, and that's that's interesting to me but still not really a big guy five nine one ninety five you know i uh, i mean i know that's not you know, it's more the line than it is the size of the running back. But you'd still, uh, you'd love to see somebody that can move a pile a little bit, given those struggles that they yeah. have. You know, it's funny with a lot of guys, and 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 Adrian Killens is not a big guy that's going to move piles. Uh, but as far as giving guys chances, I mean, there was a, a two-week span there where it looked like they really liked him. They were trying to figure out how to use him, and then it was like, okay, yeah. back on the practice squad. We'll right. call you. We'll call you in a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. There's plays didn't <laughs> anywhere that they used him on, and I don't know if that was his fault or the line's fault or what. But to me, Killens is an interesting player, yeah. but he's really Boston Scott. I mean, a little I, faster, I but yeah, you're right. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing they could do at the trade deadline, of course, is do something offensive line related. I think from what we've been talking here, I, I think we're thinking that they'll get guys back and they won't be in a dire situation to pick up an offensive lineman. I think Jamone Brown kind of showed you what's out there in terms of, you know, you can add a veteran, but whether he's useful or not is, is another question. Uh, what do you think there'll be anything there? Do you think they'll do anything uh, of note at the, at the my, trade deadline? I mean, my guess position? is that they end up doing nothing. Uh, you know, I, I think you're right. They're looking offensive line. They're looking linebacker, but uh, you know, they're they they're not looking for anything significant. They're just looking for somebody that could they could plug they could plug in and that would not cost yeah. them many you know much in the way of compensation or salary cap uh, charge. So uh, you know, and I just right. like you said, I, there's just not a lot of guys like that out there that are going to step in and help you. Yeah, I feel like if anything, they might try and add like a, a veteran linebacker who can just help them, you know, at that position, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine if they'd add somebody a big name. Right. The linebacker thing is, is really interesting to me. I, that's clearly the biggest need, the, the need that isn't going to be addressed by anybody coming back from injury or anything like that. But here you run into, uh, when, we, when we started training camp, we were eager to see these young guys that they brought in, like Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley, and Jim Schwartz kept pounding away at how 
you really have to know his defense to play linebacker or safety. Uh, you have to know what the calls are and where everybody needs to be and get people lined up and blah, 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 blah. And unless you acquire a veteran who kind of has experience with Jim or in a very similar system, is Jim going to use that linebacker? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that's, that's where they need the most help. And I, I can't, understand why they haven't done something there already i mean michael kendricks was available a few weeks ago and everybody talks about the uh oh my gosh he's got this uh, sentencing coming up it got pushed back again until after this season who knows if he's ever going to be sentenced or if he'll get any kind of real jail time for insider trading or if it'll just be some kind of thing where he you know does community service or something. Uh, he certainly didn't kill anybody, you know, and he's, he's like twice as athletic as anybody they have starting right now, but he's not here. Uh, so I don't know what their plan is. I would think, you know, they'd be looking at that very, very hard going into November 3rd. Yeah. yeah. So what else do we have here? I guess we're about ready to wrap up. Uh, this is an interesting game. I, I, I do think, as I said at the top of the show, that fans expect too much, that they're acting like this is a really good Eagles team taking on a really bad Dallas team. And in reality, it's a pretty bad Eagles team facing a totally destroyed Dallas team. Uh, and anything can kind of happen in that situation. But do you guys have well, I mean, I picked uh, them to win. Uh, yeah, they should win. Uh, but like you said, this is – I mean, this is an important game. I mean, they've got to find a way to get to six wins this season. And after Dallas and after uh, – you know, and then after the Giants falling to bye, there aren't a lot of winnable games till we get to the end of the season with the Cowboys and the Redskins in weeks 16 and 17. So uh, they can't afford to, to – to, not win these next two games. And I think they will win Sunday night. I just, I mean, the Cowboys, they're, they're just in such disarray right now. Uh, I, you know, it's, I, I, yeah. I can't see them, you know, snapping to attention this week and, and playing out of their minds. I, I just think the Eagles will beat them. Yeah, I sort of, I agree with you. I think that the Cowboys, you know, they're, they're going in the wrong direction, you know, like the last couple games have gotten worse yeah. from the standpoint of like, they're getting blown out earlier and it seems like there's just an effort issue on that team so um you know I think the Eagles coming off a little bit of a longer week um you know it's funny if it wasn't the Cowboys I actually think that this could have been like a really dangerous game for them you know you're coming off a long week and you're going into the bye it's like oh let's just get this over with but um but I just I sort of think right this might be the game I'm not think I don't think they're going to blow them out by like 21 points but I could see the Eagles winning by about 10 points you know I think that Based off what I've seen of the Cowboys the last couple of weeks, I think that that is reasonable. Hey, so, let's, yeah, let's, let's, not, let's not forget, Doug Peterson is the pre-buy master. I mean, he's uh, <laughs> he's four he's four and zero oh before the bye week. <laughs> that's a very good point, Damo. Uh, I don't know how you. To me, that's a tough game, you know, because yeah. players do look at that bye. I mean, maybe not as much this year because travel is not. Uh, you know, in the pandemic era, travel is tougher, but they really look for that, that vacation. You know, they're, they're, they've got one foot, uh, you know, yeah. back home or somewhere. Um, but I, the way I see this game, I, 
it's you're right. It's a vital game to win. Uh, it's it's, and I do have some concerns about you know that that the Eagles aren't that much better than these guys. I also think Dallas. They've been through an awful lot with these quarterback injuries. They could kind of pull, try to pull things together and win one for the star. There's been a whole lot of, you know, they've gotten rid of guys this week, and Jerry Jones has been in the media yelling. And, you know, there could be some kind of rally around the flag effort. I don't think they're going to save their season by any means, even if they somehow win this game. But I don't think the Eagles should go in here thinking they're just going to run down the field and, and win by 40. I'm probably going to take the Eagles. I'm probably going to take them to cover. I guess it's about a seven and a half yeah. point uh, spread. Uh, you know, nothing surprises me anymore with this team in this league. And, uh, you know, I think Eagles fans should be cognizant of that as they, as they wait for this game Sunday night. Well, I guess that's about it uh, for us on the Bird's Eye View podcast. Uh, read our stuff on inquire.com. Read our newsletter, the Early Birds newsletter, and I believe Damo did a tremendous job on that tremendous. this morning. You want to look that up for sure. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yes, uh, the worthy. Everybody, have a good week. Uh, we'll talk to you after this uh, game is in the books. We'll have some bye week thoughts for you, I guess. Everybody, take care. Uh, signing off here. This is Les Bowen and DJ e. Smith, Paul Donwich, <laughs> Arriva Dirk. Yes. Take care. All righty. Bye-bye.